Hi everyone, it's Beth. Today is June 27th, 2023. 40 years since my mom died. And since it so happens that this is happening on a Tuesday, I thought I should use this time to share some of my own thoughts and things about being a daughter without a mom for 40 years. Um, if you don't know much about me, I figured I'd start with a brief introduction. Um, my mom died in 1983 when I was 13 years old. I have a sister and a dad. At that time, it left the three of us. And then um, in 2018, my father died pretty suddenly. So at the age of 48, I was an orphan. And then in January of 2020, after battling cancer for almost 10 years, my only sibling, my sister Amy, uh, died in January of 2020. I was the last one left in my family. It's been 40 years without my mom, but I really have only been intentional about my grief for the past three years after losing um, my sister as well. I think when you're the only one left in your family, you do a lot of internal work. And uh, it just so happened that she died in January and then the pandemic hit in March and I turned 50 and we ended up having a lot of time on our hands. And so I did a lot of intentional work um, on my own grief and have, have come up with some things that I have learned uh, that I believe about grief. So. Um, this is all kind of just, you know, about my, my own grief journey and the things that I believe about grief. So a few of the things that I've come to believe about grief since I've been doing this work and, and now I'm in season three of the podcast. Um, I don't believe you get over grief. I think that's, you know, something that people like to say as a, as a kind of a platitude, but you don't get over grief. It's not a, it's not a problem that's going to be fixed. It's not um, something that's going to change. It will forever remain a part of us. We're not going to get over that, nor should we. And because of that, our identity changes after a major loss. We're no longer the person we were before. We really can't be. A part of us and our world has changed. And so our identity is shaken. I've also come to believe that we live in a death-denying culture. Even though we are all guaranteed to experience death, even ourselves, I think, I think our culture uh, has a hard time dealing with uncomfortable feelings. And so we are really a, a um, we do not do a good job of providing space for grief and loss. So during my these past three years of reflection and, and my own um, internal work, it's become apparent to me that sharing our stories is important. Not as, only is it therapeutic for the person that is sharing, but it also provides a connection for others. Many times grievers are, feel so lonely and sometimes we can feel ashamed. It's strange how shame creeps into um, your, your story after a loss. 
which I think ties back to that whole death denying culture and that we don't do a good job of providing space for people to properly grieve. Um, but hearing another person's story can help you feel connected. This isn't for everybody. Not everybody enjoys listening to grief stories. Um, but it has been really, really uh, helpful in my own uh, grief journey. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback about the podcast and uh, listening to others share their stories. So it can help you understand your own grief more and maybe give yourself a little grace when you start to understand, wow, I'm not the only one who feels that way. And there are people who get it and understand what, what, it, what I'm going through. It allows you to show a little bit more compassion for yourself. And finally, our death-denying culture also pushes us to seek validation externally um, from others and from things. And that will never really fill your holes. We have to do our own internal work. We must have to learn how to live ourselves exactly as we are right now. So now I'd like to share a few things that, um, that I've learned during my own grief journey. And this morphs right into this, the one I was just finishing about um, our culture pushing us to seek external validation. Um, the first thing that I've really truly learned is that the world will not fill your holes. The tagline that I use is that um, we are living with a mom-shaped hole in our heart. And um, our culture tries to convince us that there are things that are going to fill our holes, um, whether that's food or shopping or drugs or alcohol or sex or whatever it is, whatever uh, the coping mechanism and device is, we can use a lot of things to try to fill the empty spaces that we that we have inside but that's not ever going to work long term it might provide a short-term fix but it is not going to work in the long run and now between the internet and devices we just have so many distractions so much so much data being pumped into our heads um, we're being bombarded. We're being bombarded with information at a rate that our brains can't even handle. And then the comparison that we have now um, with the internet as well. Don't get me wrong. There are many benefits to the internet. Hey, I wouldn't be here with you today if it wasn't for this. But as far as for uh, providing a way to fill your mom-sized hole I don't think that the internet is going to provide that or um, or any sort of material things. And so I'll talk about that again uh, a little later. Another thing I've learned, um, because I held a grudge against my grandparents for about 20 years, is that holding a grudge is like taking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Now, that's a quote I've read somewhere that's not from me um but I think I think that when you are in in the midst of that deep pain when you have been hurt and you've been mm, I think I was really just invalidated by my grandparents I just couldn't it, it was just 
such a horrible situation. And when I was in that deep, deep pain, I wasn't thinking about forgiveness at all. But when you've gotten past the point of that anger and pain that you're experiencing, you have to be honest and do an assessment and ask yourself, like, who really is being hurt here? Who's paying the price for this grudge that you're holding? Are they suffering or are you suffering? So, like I said, it's not easy. It took me 20 years, but I just wanted to put that out there. If someone might need to hear that, it's just to consider consider who's paying the price for a grudge that you're holding. Another thing that I've learned um, is that, and so many people have shared about this on the podcast, is that we judge ourselves for behavior that happened a long time ago, either when we were younger or circumstances were different. Um, And I would just try to encourage you to give yourself some grace to not, don't judge yourself with what you know now. You know, at the time when my mom died, I was 13 years old. I was an angsty teen, you know, I wasn't the nicest person, wasn't treating her probably with, you know, the most respect. And uh, if we continue to dwell on those sort of things, um, that just, just kind of holds you in a place of, of regret and kind of, you know, it holds you in that place and, and prohibits the growth perhaps that you could have forgiving yourself, learning about yourself. You know, once you know better, do better. But to be honest, we all did the best we could with the situation that we were in at the time. And also, you know, if you're facing a difficult disease or a difficult situation, we don't always put our best feet forward. So if you have something in your past that you're, you know, holding yourself accountable for something that you wish you would have done differently, find a way to give yourself some grace and forgive yourself for that. Another thing that I've learned is that everything you need is available within you. We just have to learn how to listen and honor ourselves. Again, I already talked about, you know, seeking validation externally and how that that doesn't last. But one of the parts of growing with grief is is figuring out who you are. Because like we already said, you know, the person that you were before is no longer available. There's been times when I have just felt deeply alone. Now, and that is because I, all of my family members are gone. I have a great husband. I have great friends, great kids. I have people that I can talk to, but there's just something about when your own family is gone um, that you just can feel really alone. And um, I didn't have people to talk to. I didn't, you know, sometimes there were things I wanted to talk about that I didn't have the chance to to talk with anybody anymore. And so I really did a lot of deep internal work and had to figure out, you know, what was important to me? What were the values that I was going to live my life by? So I'd encourage you, there's all kinds of, um, you know, quizzes and things out there about determining what your values are, what your personal values are. 
I would encourage you to spend some time figuring out what those values are. And then you can use those become to, the per, to become the person that you need, not what somebody else needs, but to become the person that you need. Finally, if all else fails, God is there. It took me a long time to decide I was worthy. It ties back to that whole 20-year grudge that I held against my grandparents because they were the only people who had ever taken me to church and then threw us out of their house while my mom was dying. That's, a, that's another podcast episode. You can go back and listen to my story if you haven't listened to that one. But it took me a long time to decide I was worthy because I literally thought, you know, I was tarnished and unlovable. The God I have come to know is a loving God, not a judgmental or punishing one, which is the one that I had made up in my head. So I'd be happy to talk to anyone about that, if that'd be something that you'd wish to explore further. A couple of weeks ago, I had Kara Sanchez on the podcast, and she wrote the Legacy Letters Journal. And thank you, Kara, for graciously sending me my own copy, which I literally got yesterday. So I read through it a little bit, and I would like to take this time to leave a little love slash legacy letter to my family and friends. First of all, I want to say thank you to each of you, and you know who you are. Whether you've been a part of my life for a long time or you were just there for a season of my life, you were there for a reason. Every single thing that has happened in my life has brought me to this point right here and right now. And in all honesty, I wouldn't change my life experience. It's made me who I am. I can't control the circumstances of my life experience, but I can control my response. And since my sister's passing, I've really tried to be intentional about that. I've really tried to think about what my response is to certain things in my life. For my family and friends, thank you for sharing this journey with me. You will forever be in my heart. I wouldn't be who I am without you. Emily, Anna, and Tommy, you made me a mom. And my heart just exploded with love that I didn't even know that I had. I'll never be able to put into words how much I love you and how proud I am of you. Keep being you. The world needs you. And I love you. It's been 40 years without mom. Longer than she even lived. I am 53 years old. I'm the only woman in my family to reach that age. I am grateful. Thank you for being a part of this community. You'll never know how helpful it has been for my own grief journey and my own healing. Thank you to each of you for being here. If you'd like more information on my thoughts about the grief journey, please visit my website, www.yourgriefjourney.com. If you'd be interested in sharing your story on the podcast, please send me an email to daughterswithoutmoms at gmail.com.